Welcome back, Food Bizwizzes. It's Gabby here, and I'm the Student Success Coordinator here at Food Bizwiz and Retail Ready. I work with students in Retail Ready and help with behind-the-scenes logistics for Food Bizwiz. As I'm sure you all know, we've got about one week left until the fourth quarter is here. It's high time to finalize our fourth quarter strategizing. That's why we're visiting Ali's fourth quarter focus mini-series from last year. This episode focuses on nurturing your existing accounts and customer relationships. Ali, I've been asking for each episode, it probably sounds like a broken record, <laughs> but has anything changed about what you said in your episode from last year? Well, I <laughs> have to say, I, I said this before, <laughs> but it is so fun to go back and listen to the series from last year and see how much of it still resonates. It's a really great reminder for me that there really is this rhythm to retail that our listeners need to understand. And there are best practices, just industry best practices in sales and marketing that do stand the test of time. So in today's episode, we're basically talking about marketing and the general concepts are similar between last year and this year. Yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned the rhythm because we talk about that a lot in Retail Ready and, and just like being a conscientious producer and knowing sort of what the, kind of knowing like what the tides and the ebbs and flows of, of <laughs> you know, the industry are. So I'm glad that it's coming up again. So Okay, again, I'm going to be a broken record here. Do you have any specific thoughts on if anything in regard to a potential recession has changed? Okay, here's my quick advice on that. And I am going to give a quote. I'm going to quote Seth Godin here. So Gabby, I don't know if you have heard Charlie cite this quote in our Retail Ready student group, but it's a, it's a really good one. He's said it a few times. So for our listeners who aren't familiar with Seth Godin, he's an entrepreneur, he's an author of a bunch of award-winning business books, and he is a brilliant marketer. So anyway, here's what Seth says. He says, the reason it seems that price is all your customers care about is that you haven't given them anything else to care about. Oof, it's a good one, That's right? Good one. I know. So I'm, I share it today as we think about a potential recession and the fact that many of our listeners are concerned about whether or not their products are too expensive for their audiences. So if that's you, if you're listening and, and that's you, I'm going to ask you to keep Seth's quote in mind and think about how you can nurture your audience so much that the price of your product is irrelevant. Oh, yes. Yeah. I've heard Charlie say that quote before. And I love that one because it's so like, it, it's just so resonant for like, especially like even on a personal level, like when I'm in the grocery store aisle making a decision on what to buy, or even for, for people like products that are direct to consumer, mm -hmm. I'm thinking about, especially to like products that are higher, you know, on the higher end of pricing, like I'm thinking like, for example, there's a product I have in mind where it's like, I know for sure that that's something like I'm going to buy for my sister for the holidays because yeah, I've seen their story. I love what they do. Like I've shared it with my sister and now she's super excited about that product. <laughs> and, so, and so for me, it's like, yeah, like I, I think about that as I'm making a decision on what to buy and knowing that it's like, not just about, okay, well this, you know, just that this, this option or this price of this product is, um, is cheaper than the others. It's that we love like what this this brand is doing, um, their connection with their audience and their and their customers, and and also with totally. the connections that they have with um, 
basically with who's also sourcing the products that go into their product. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. totally Gabby, what, what comes to mind too, for me is there's this one vinegar brand here in the Bay area and they sell their vinegar in the bottles are quite small and it's definitely like the most expensive vinegar <laughs> on the shelf. But for me, I mean, yes, I could spend probably, I don't know, five, $8 less on that that bottle of vinegar, but what it does for my salads is just amazing. (laughs) And I've tried the cheaper vinegar and I'm like, you know what? I eat a salad almost every day. (laughs) I use this vinegar almost every day. The bottle, you know, lasts me weeks and weeks and weeks. So what does it matter that it's, you know, I don't know, 19 bucks instead of 12 bucks. It brings delight to my day. And I don't even think about the price anymore because the, there's so many other things that I factor in as I'm putting that bottle of <laughs> of white wine vinegar in my shopping basket. Oh, yeah. I, I have so many products like that too, where it's like, yeah, this product is like, it is pricier, but you know, I'm using it over the course of a few weeks. And yeah. yes. Also the thing you mentioned, like it's just bringing a, like a lot of delight to my day of like, I get to enjoy this product and think about that as I'm, you know, having my food or having, you know, going through the day. So Totally. Totally. So that's what I want our listeners to think about in this episode. Think about, you know, what else can you, if if your audience is only thinking about your price and that's really the thing that is stopping them from purchasing your product, it's a red flag that your marketing needs some work. Yeah. There's like more for you to be able to connect with your customers on if, you know, if that's part of your strategy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I know we can probably talk about this so much more, but (laughs) we'll go ahead and get into the episode. I'm Allie Ball, former grocery buyer and retail store manager turned wholesale consultant. In my role on the retail floor, I saw delicious values-driven brands fail on our shelves simply because they didn't understand the behind the scenes of wholesale. I created the Food Biz Whiz podcast to give you hard to access insight from my career in the food industry and the tools and strategies to help you succeed on retail shelves. If you're a committed food founder who's looking to create and grow a packaged products business that positively impacts our food system, puts wealth back into your own hands, and employs members of your local community, you have found the right podcast. Let's do this. All right, my whizzes, before we get started, let me do a little recap of part one and part two of this mini series. We will link each of those shows in the show notes here for you. And I highly recommend that you go back and you listen to them if you haven't tuned in already. So in the first episode of our mini series, we talked about the rhythm of retail and what that wholesale wholesale buyer is thinking in October, November, and December. Come that fourth quarter, that buyer is heads down in holiday logistics. So you have to know exactly what they're focused on and how to shift your behavior appropriately. Episode two talked through my last chance pitch, where I outlined four things to think about if you are going to still a pit, pitch to accounts this year. So I give you a big list of things that you have to sort out before you pitch. So regardless of whether or not you're pitching right now or in the future, you will want to listen to episode 112 and take a whole bunch of notes in order to make sure that your pitch is up to par. 
Now we get to episode three of our mini series, and we are talking through nurturing your existing accounts. We all know that it's one thing to land on the shelf and it is a whole other thing to sell off of them. So we want to make sure that you are planting the seeds in order to make that sale when it is crunch time. When I think about nurturing your accounts, I see it as a multi-pronged strategy. You've got to nurture those wholesale buyers who are making decisions about your product, as well as nurture the shoppers who are coming into that store and putting your product into their shopping basket. If you have been listening to this podcast for a while, you have likely heard me talk about getting your audience to know you and like you and trust you before you start selling to them. We specifically talked to talk about this with our direct to consumer sales, but it applies to wholesale as well. Remember this as you start to think about your holiday sales and as you are plotting out your fourth quarter promotions. So let's break, break it down into two areas of focus here, the wholesale buyers and their teams, and then the shoppers in their store two very different audiences. So let's start with those wholesale accounts. You want to nurture those wholesale relationships so they know exactly when you're ready to deliver your first holiday orders so that they think of you when they are planning their holiday displays and so that they don't change their mind on stocking you during the fourth quarter. So if you don't have a seasonal product, it's even more important to continue to nurture those accounts so they don't forget about you over the fourth quarter or even worse, discontinue you even temporarily. So here are some ways that you can nurture those accounts, both at the beginning of the fourth quarter, if you're listening to this podcast, right when the show comes out or throughout, you know, into the fourth quarter and throughout the rest of the year. So first off, Demos. This is an obvious one. Show that you are committed to your brand. If your product is great for the Thanksgiving table, for example, get in there the week of Thanksgiving or better yet, once a week, every few weeks leading up to Thanksgiving. And then again on the Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday before the big day. You want to educate the team, the sales team, the stocking team, or whoever is selling your product and stocking your product on the floor. You basically want to make them into mini salespeople so they recommend your brand. I want you to become best friends with the marketing department of those stores. Ask them what they need in order to create content around your brand. So is it recipe cards? Is it a blog post? Is it a new shelf talker? Make it really easy for them to promote your product for you. I want you to start sending monthly newsletters to your wholesale accounts. Gosh, we could do a whole podcast episode on just this topic. So if you are not doing this already, get on it right now. Tell them about your seasonal offerings. Tell them, share a new brag-worthy stat. Highlight what people are doing with your products, how they're using them in the kitchen or on their holiday boards, right? Whatever really feels relevant for your brand. Stay top of mind with those buyers, both now and throughout the holiday season. Next, I want you to be a human. Gosh, <laughs> I think we all need to recognize together that the fourth quarter is go time in retail, right? Those teams are likely stressed. They're likely short staffed. They're likely feeling that seasonal pressure. So ask yourself, what can you do to show up as a kind, respectful vendor? 
Maybe it's bringing coffee for whoever happens to be signing in deliveries next time you show up or volunteering to stock your own products on the floor or stickering those best buy dates yourself instead of asking the grocery team to do it for you. I mean, whatever it is, if you can lend an extra hand without being annoying, or if you can lend a little bit of extra kindness or sympathy, especially as we get closer and closer to the holidays themselves, it goes a long way. So if you are curious whether or not to give gifts to your wholesale partners this year, I actually addressed that specific question in episode 110, just a few weeks ago. That was a rapid fire Q&A episode on all things wholesale. So I'm going to link that show for you in the show notes as well. Okay. So those are just some ideas off the top of my head on how to nurture your wholesale accounts during this busy season. Remember, buyers are human. I I know it might not feel like that all the time, but treat them like humans. Nurturing your accounts does not have to be complicated. It does not have to be time-consuming. It does not have to be expensive. It just needs to be thoughtful and heartfelt. If you sincerely want these wholesale partnerships to work to to work for you, view them at just as just that, as partnerships. Ask yourself how you can show up as the best possible partner over the next few months and start with that. So from there, it is important to nurture your relationships with those shoppers as well. I'm going to talk about that in just one moment when I'm back from this quick break. This episode is sponsored by Retail Ready, our online course, coaching, and community for emerging food brands who are looking to grow your wholesale business. I've been teaching Retail Ready for over six years, and as of last year, we had over 1,000 brands go through our program. Through videos, workbooks, checklists, templates, live coaching calls with me and Charlie, our VP of Student Success, and nearly 24-7 access to me and my team in our private online group, Retail Ready has all the tools that you need to increase your sales through wholesale accounts, whether that's in traditional brick and mortar outlets or through e-commerce platforms. I would love to see you join us when the course opens again. So jump on the waitlist to be the first to know when, when we welcome in new students. You can find that waitlist in today's show notes or at foodbizwiz.com under the heading Retail Ready. All right, we're back. So we talked about nurturing your wholesale relationships. And now let's talk about nurturing the shoppers who are actually putting your product in their shopping carts. So as we all know, like I said, you've got to get off the shelf in order to keep those wholesale accounts. Nurturing your shoppers doesn't have to look all that different from nurturing your wholesale accounts. So here are a few ideas on what that might look like. First off, again, start sending them emails Right now, if you haven't emailed anyone all year long and the first time that you pop into their inbox is Black Friday asking them to buy from you, it's simply not going to work. If you are listening to this, I want you to vow that you are not going to send your first email this year on Black Friday. You're going to be marked as spam. You're going to get a whole bunch of unsubscribes and you're not going to make the sales that you were hoping for. So instead, how can you warm up your audiences starting now? It's as easy as getting them accustomed to opening your emails for the next few months. So then when you do pop the question on Black Friday, they will say yes to purchasing. 
So how do emails work when you are trying trying to drive that in-store sale? Let's talk about that. It's actually very similar. So ideally, you have your list segmented by location so that you can direct people to an in-store purchase. But again, we build trust with our audience before we ask them to buy. So you want to spend the next few months or weeks, depending on when you're listening, sending them emails to warm them up. Okay. So give them a seasonal recipe, give them a playlist to put on while they carve pumpkins, give them an email interview with the founder, give them, gosh, I mean, that might be you. If you're the founder, like that would be really cool, right? Whatever it is, just, just do it. So keep those emails simple. So oftentimes I hear people that pause here, they hesitate here and they, they're like, Allie, that that's going to be so time consuming. That's so much content. I just, I just don't have the bandwidth to, to create that. And I'm going to tell you, you don't have to, I want you to give them one of those things per email, right? You don't need a newsletter that has a recipe and a playlist and a founder tip and um, best practice, right? That is a newsletter. And I'm not asking you to send that. I'm asking you to send an email instead with just one of those things, one of those topics per email. Okay. So when you start sending emails like that, you are on your way to building trust with your audience. Then when you're ready to sell to them or to, you know, direct them into a store, you've already built that trust. They are ready. A past client of mine, actually Goldmine Adaptogens did a really great job of this over the summer when they ran a 20% off sale at Whole Foods in Northern California. So after sending consistent nurturing emails, they emailed their list directing people to go buy in store. If people weren't able to buy in store, they still offered a small discount to their list for like in order to console folks, folks who were either incorrectly tagged as being in Northern California, right? That happens. Or who weren't weren't able to go in person for one reason or another. It worked perfectly. So a few other things that you can do to nurture those shoppers are also things that help the store out. So are you seeing here that it's, it's really all connected? So again, doing demos, as I suggested earlier, again, if it feels safe where, wherever you are, wherever you're listening from, Doing demos not only shows those wholesale buyers that you are committed to them, but it also warms up your audience, right? Over the next few months, you can do demos to show folks how to use your product for holiday entertaining or that highlights how great it is for gift giving. Start planting those seeds, putting those ideas in your shoppers' minds right now. From there, I want you to connect with your audience on social media. This is an obvious one. Post about your products and where they're sold, right? Literally tag the stores that you're sold in, direct people in store. Tag those stores in your posts, on your stories on Instagram. So then those stores, those stores marketing departments are resharing with their audience of shoppers. It is a win-win. So again, there is a ton that you can do to warm up those shoppers. And it all goes back to creating those connections, to educating them, and to showing them why your product is the thing to purchase this holiday season. The actual tactics of how you're going to do that will be different based on your own business. So the key really here is that you need a strategy, that sales don't happen automatically. 
Okay, my whizzes, I promise that these mini episodes, this, this mini series would be short. So let's wrap this up. In today's show, we cover the two different audiences that you need to nurture now through the end of the year. Although if I'm being really honest, these are important to do year round, right? We know that. Again, the strategy and the tactics might shift seasonally, but you want to make sure that you are intentionally thinking about these things as you grow your business. So next week, we're going to wrap up our fourth quarter mini series with a final episode, gosh, on what you should do once buyers actually stop accepting new products for their shelves this year and where you can focus for big business growth. This final episode is going to set you up for success as we get into the fourth quarter and look ahead to the new year. So quick question for you guys. How are you enjoying this mini series? I want to know your, your honest feedback. So send me a DM on Instagram. I'm at it's Allie ball. And let me know if you like this style where we take this larger topic and we break it down into a series of shorter episodes. It's been really fun for me. So if you feel the same and you want me to see, want me to repeat this style, come speak up. I don't know unless you tell me. (laughs) So send me a DM, come continue the conversation in our Food Biz Whiz Facebook group. I would love to see you in there. You can grab your invite in our show notes, along with all of the other episodes in this mini series that I mentioned today. All right. Thank you as always for listening. And I will see you back here next week. Have a good one. Bye. Thanks for catching us this week for this year. If you're a regular listener and want a place to connect with us and other food founders, be sure to join us in our community group on Facebook to connect around food CPG conversations. As always, it's linked in our full show notes. We'll catch you all next week for our final part of this mini-series, where we'll focus on what your next steps for your brand should look like. See you all then. Bye. Thanks for listening to Food Biz Whiz. If you're enjoying this podcast and the tools it gives you for growing your packaged product business, please subscribe so you never miss an episode. From one small business owner to another, I am deeply grateful for your support of this podcast, and I appreciate it when you share it with your fellow food founders, share it on social media, or leave me a review on your listening platform. Ready for more? Find out how we can work together at foodbizwiz.com. I'll see you right back here next week.